Live streaming can be a great tactic for your marketing plan, but it can also be very daunting. Today, Stuart, our video extraordinaire, is going to tell us 10 tips on how to make your live streaming event better. Think Jargon is a podcast about marketing, sales, and content creation. If acronyms like SEO, PPC, and CRM make your head spin, then this podcast is for you. We cut through the jargon used by fancy agencies to help you make sense of the ever-changing world of modern marketing. Thanks for joining us. And now, here are your hosts, inbound marketing expert Jarrett Broussard and digital content creator Stuart Poulton. Jarrett, have you uh, have you been on or involved in any live stream event recently? Uh, I've been a part of several, um, more so on the background mm-hmm. of just helping out from a marketing perspective, but... Uh, I've definitely um, seen it's sort of all the rage lately. So yeah. I've seen it um, as a as a consumer myself. Okay, I've I've had a few experiences. I'm in the um, video production business, and so I've been live streaming the production side of live streaming. So multi camera events, um, multi hour events, uh, sets, the whole bit. So large scale live streaming, and um, all the way down to you know one and two person live streams as well. Sure. I do all of that stuff now. Um, I also uh, I've been part of live streams. I've done some speaking engagements um, for live stream events recently. Um, and, and I'm just convinced that this is a service that that is not going anywhere. My dad yesterday was telling me about how he was ending his day rather than in front of the television. He had paid five pounds or something. He's, he's British for access to a <laughs> Zoom conversation um, about someone's new book or something. Yeah. And so I think it's pretty prolific. I think COVID has forced us to kind of dip our toe in a pool and we realize we can swim and mm-hmm. we're all seeing the benefits of much, live streaming. Much like many other things with technology, especially, um, they say that COVID has um, fast forwarded the um, the technology and the the things that we're going to use in our business by 10 years. Okay. Um, so. I, I agree. I agree. I think that even when we have in-person conferences back, there will be a place because of the reach and the yep. low cost that live streaming will become part of those in-person events moving forward. And some may never go back to live events because live streaming is working so well for them. Mm, I agree. Now, um, so because this podcast is uh, attempting to speak to people who are in the marketing of things, marketers mm-hmm. everywhere, yep. um, you are going to be in a position where you are either involved on the back end or the front end of a live event, yep. or you're going to be part of the selection committee vetting live yes. streaming production companies. Yep. And so I wanted to dedicate this episode to those people and offer some advice. So this podcast is for anyone who'll be involved in live streaming production events or for anyone who has to vet a live streaming service. And sure. as always, I've got my 10 tips. I love it. Would you like number one? Let's roll. This is more a life tip. It applies to everything, but it really applies to live streaming. And okay. I'm going to take, take an aside and, and let you know that this is not me. This is my brother. My <laughs> youngest brother gave me this word of wisdom. Nice. And for those that know my family, my youngest brother is uh, hilarious. He's um, unlike I, you. I'm one of six, right? And he's <laughs> right. the youngest. And so we uh, we in the family kind of look at him as uh, he got to see us all mess up and he picked the best parts of all of us <laughs> and that's him. But he's hilarious. Anyway, so I'm talking to him the other day and he's telling me about uh what he's doing teaching at some university in england and and he was talking about being prepared how important it is to be prepared for all things in life sure so he shared with me and i share with you today his three p principle which is my tip number one for live streaming would you like to hear it i would love it three p's 
Proper preparation prevents a piss poor performance. <laughs> a lot of peas in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious, but the principle is true. Yeah, um, you got to be prepared for live streaming events. That that nothing nothing should happen for the first time on a live sure. event. Period. Absolutely. Um, I was leaving a uh, live stream production event uh, last week, and the client was like, "Wow, that felt like it went quickly." And I said, "Not quickly." Efficiently. Efficiently, yeah. I, I said, when you spend time lining up all the dominoes, doesn't matter how many dominoes yep. there are, when time comes to, to when go time comes, you flip, yep. flick the dominoes. That's yep. how important preparation is, and it's certainly true for live streaming events. Tip number two, you should simplify as much as possible. This is technically as well as content-wise. Okay. If you're feeling overwhelmed by the moving pieces moving in, you should look at ways to simplify. So from a production standpoint, um, I tend to steer away from wireless devices unless um, I have to use them for the simple reason that hardwired devices, especially mics, um, eliminates the potential of interference on sure. signals and things. Sort of, sort of foolproof, if you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, along the same lines of simplifying things, I like to create a numbered system so I can label the content so it indexes easily in the order that I'll need to pull it up. Okay. So if you have graphics, um, 20 graphics that you need in a live event production, you change the file name to a number system so it orders in mm. the way that you're going to need them. Nice. Simple. Um, I like to divide in production roles to promote the advantages of you know, the division of labor. Sure. I had one um, live stream event where there were going to be a lot of um, segments, and those segments were going to be um, interviews with people on set with people in a Zoom room. Okay. And so we assigned a person dedicated to the Zoom room to manage those uh, incoming and outgoing sure. guests and to prep them before they went live, yeah. that kind of stuff. So um, it's sort of a divide and conquer. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you can attest to this back in yep. your production days. You had yep. a green room person that yep. took the guests from the green room to the Absolutely. studio and put yep. their mic on. Yep. You, know, you, want, you want to divvy up the task as much as possible so that one person has one thing to worry about. Makes sense. Okay. Um, and this is a silly one. Um, if you're going to be involved in a multi-camera live streaming event, make sure the host knows which <laughs> camera to look at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've all seen that on live TV as well. Small right? details, small yeah. details. But for those that don't know how that works, I mean, you, there's a thing called a tally system, which, which uh, basically goes on all the cameras. And when the switcher has punched two uh, cameras being live, there's a red light on top of the camera. Well, a lot of live streaming production setups don't have that. And so yeah. unless you make be sure and tell the host what the camera they're looking at, there's really no way unless you're waving behind it. Right. Which is kind of awful. Okay. Number three, this goes in line with simplifying things. You should always hardwire your streaming device to an Ethernet cable. Mm. So get yourself a 200 foot Ethernet cable if you need it. Um, it's always more reliable to go hardwire than it is wireless. Number four is to have a backup option um, for your internet service. Ah. Yeah. So even if you're plugged into the wall, it's a good idea to have a backup that you can switch to in the event of an internet crash of some nice. sort. Never thought of that. No, you need one. Um, I've got a, a live stream coming up. It's going to be um, out at a, um, it's an outdoor one. And there is no Ethernet connection around. Mm. So um, I need to, I need to uh, have two wireless options for that one. That's yeah. going to be fun. Uh, number five is uh, your service should always record a real-time backup of your live stream in case of production failure. Now, so this is a little quirky. Um, 
a lot of services like uh, Vimeo, who provide mm -hmm. a live streaming platform, or sure. Zoom, a lot of people are familiar with how Zoom works. Yeah. When the Zoom call ends, it automatically archives a recording of the broadcast, right? Right. But that recording is usually at uh, once HD, which is uh, which is 720p. It's it's uh, the lowest form of HD. Plus, that recording is recording at the broadcast end. So all the compression that's that's um, that that video stream that you're pushing out has been compressed. Uh, and the quality has been reduced, and then you're getting that recording. What I'm talking about is that your setup should have a deck of some sort mm -hmm. in the production environment that's recording the full um, quality broadcast, whatever you're shooting at. Got it. That way, if the internet fails or anything goes wrong, you don't lose mm. your event. Got it. Okay? Yep. Plus, if you want to post it afterwards, it's better to have a higher quality recording than it is to rely on whatever Zoom defaults to record for you. So what is required there to have that backup? So, I mean, it's different hardware solutions, like this switcher that we've got sitting here at the on the desk. This is a, a small ATEM Pro. They have a USB 3 cable out the back of it, and you can mm -hmm. plug any external device, and it will treat it as a, a record to deck, and okay. it will record an, MP uh, an MPEG file right to that nice. external drive. Okay. You can also get these HyperDeck things that I have over here. They are um, they are uh, SD card based, and so okay. you can have dual SD cards that you see you can record indefinitely. But there's Got lots it. of solutions. But your your streaming production service should have a, a record an option to record the broadcast before it's broadcast. Okay? Got it. Okay, where am I? Number six. Um, know your points of failure and shore them up. Okay. So if you're part of a, uh, a team, a marketing team, and you're, you've divvied up the roles of hosts and things like that, um, you want to know at what point in this production environment, what points are prone to breaking. So I'll give you a couple. Obviously, we've covered the internet connection. That's the most important thing that is prone to uh, breaking is the internet connection. So have a backup. Sure. Hardware. Um, Check it and double check it. Cameras, mics, cables, batteries, adapters, the whole bit. You've got to test everything. Um, one one people don't often think about is the host themselves. Whoever your on-air talent is, that's a point of potential failure. If sure. they freeze up, um, then you're in trouble. Uh, I like to think of um, live production events as, as kind of like, you remember that drama exercise? where you had a ball and you had to create a story on the fly and you pass the ball to yes. the next person. Whoever has the ball, they continue the story. Yep. Yep. I see production events like, like that in the same way that, so they start, you know, a production event might start off with the, the, the title sequence rolling. Well, the ball is with the deck operator at that point, the director. Sure. But when we go live to a host, I'm passing that ball to the host and now that person has the ball yep. and it's their turn that the production is in their hands, sure. so to speak. Anyone that holds the ball and all of the things that allow them to do what they're doing make them a point of failure. That's a great point. And the host is a big one that people sometimes overlook. It's just a whole different thing when the camera goes on, man. People, I've seen very talented people fall pieces very quickly on air. Okay. Uh, do you have any stories of that, by the way? Have you ever seen what's the weirdest thing you ever saw when a person, um, went on television their whole character changed you've got to have seen some in your time though. oh gosh there's i mean there's a a ton i don't want to name any names <laughs> but usually it was when and i was in the on the sales end so i didn't i wasn't part of the you know news production but i did have my fair share of stories most of them um we were called in during hurricane times so 
you know, when our massive hurricane hits like this year, you know, we would have been in the newsroom six times in the last six weeks Mm -hmm. because news is sort of breaking in 24 seven with updates, especially major ones. Like, um, we were part of one in Katrina and Katrina, especially you start to see it when, um, the, the anchors get fatigued, Mm -hmm. um, and they, they're, they're giving information on the fly, which they're not as really, uh, used to usually it's more scripted and they sure. can read the teleprompter well there's there were several stories where <laughs> they were giving advice as news was coming in especially during katrina where that advice was probably not necessarily the best advice in the world and you see the news director behind the camera their minds were <laughs> elsewhere as their mouth was running uh, waving their hands going no no that's not right yeah, so. I remember that. I've, I've, I've been surprised at the number of people who in their element you know business leaders ceos confident people capable people and uh they get on television and they just freeze up it's crazy yeah okay so um number seven is to conduct a pre-production run through nothing should happen for the first time live we mentioned this earlier but it's really important i'm not saying if your production event is going to be a six hour streamathon that you should be there for six hours but you should you know get into the show start the show run the first minute and a half if there are transitions to commercial breaks or anything like that run those a couple of times until everyone's confident yeah go go for two minutes just ad-libbing if that's what you're going to do sure um make sure everything that's going to happen um is tested before you go up Number eight is that if your production crew be in the same space (laughs) as your live event, this often happens like with live musical events and things like that. um, Be sure to come up with visual cues that everyone understands should you need to communicate while the broadcast event is going on. Uh So things like time cues would be the most obvious ones. Um, Again, in in traditional production environments, you have your control room, which is in a different room to the studio, right? But this live streaming world, it's often the case where the production, um, the crew itself is in the environment with the hosts. And you can't be yelling to camera operators and (laughs) and really saying anything. You have to be silent. And so just if that's your environment, make sure you all understand, have some system of communication with your hands, you know, and, and time cues are the obvious ones. Um, I'm sure you can Google a tutorial yeah. of what the standard cues are for time on, on, on television, but um, be sure and have that uh, in your pocket before you go yeah. live. You'll you'll thank me. Number nine is uh, have someone monitor your final output, so i.e. watch the live stream. Really important. There's no um, there's no uh, second uh, there's no second option. You've got you've got to be monitoring your your final output. If something goes wrong. Um, and you don't catch this. The only way to catch it is to monitor it through the back end. So have someone watch the live stream in a different room. And number 10 is to relax. If you go into a live stream production event anxious, you didn't prepare enough. Mm. That might be the most important one. No kidding, right? So, yeah, because that makes everything. It's true. And I think a lot of these are just general rules of thumb for, for any kind of live event. Or, you know, you can you can translate some of these um, certainly over to public speaking or, you know, go time, I guess. And but, I, have a, I have a silly question kind sure. of from the outside looking in because I'm not as um, technically um, up to speed with live stream as you are. What about you? So you can do all of this, but what what makes it kind of go live, if you will? Do you have to have some sort of, you know, uh, third party platform or software or what? How did how do you 
so YouTube, Facebook, Vimeo, um, TikTok, all of these platforms uh, permit live streaming. Yep. Now, all live yep. streaming is, is it's a, um, think of it as a, a URL, like a web address. Yep. You point your, your streaming software, to which that. can be software on a laptop, or it can be, in the case of the switcher here, it's built into the switcher itself. Yep. And so I would use an interface that allows me to get at the guts of this switcher, and yeah. I would put that URL in. Yep. That tells your your um, your streaming software where it's broadcasting Got to. It. Got it. You'll then be asked for a stream key, which prevent which is a security measure so that you're you're authenticated to to broadcast sure. and then it's as simply as hit and go live yeah uh, at that point you are broadcasting most people put slides up or countdown animations something like that um and it's a service to service um as to you know the restrictions that are on that but um i i like to use vimeo vimeo for me has worked really well it's um it's got some great options it's got some great support too but the thing i like about it is it's it's one place from which i can simulcast to every other platform i want that's what i was going to ask that was my next question what if you wanted to simulcast facebook youtube uh you know all the, the service i use is vimeo and uh it okay. does just that the, gotcha. the inside the settings of the so you think of it like this: your 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 in your streaming platform is Facebook. That's the that's the URL you're broadcasting to. That's the 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 place you get your stream key from. But within the settings for every live broadcast that you do, you can go in and say, "I want to activate YouTube," Got it. and it's going to ask for the same um, stream key and sure. URL from YouTube. Um, you, you can do it to um, Facebook at the same time, multiple platforms, gotcha. and okay. uh, it works really really well. Nice. Some good that, stuff. That's all I got, man. I hope uh, if you if that's you, a lot. Yeah, well, if you <laughs> if you uh, if you do get into live streaming, it's very exciting. But uh, follow those ten tips. And I, I, I do think it's the future. Honestly, I think it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's not going away. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so I think we need to uh, live stream this podcast at some point, don't you? I think that's a very interesting point. How, how about this? Once uh, once I get my new studio, maybe next mm. year we'll build a set for it, and they, we can we can bless all the listeners. Let's with our do beautiful it. I faces. think that's a great goal. <laughs> I mean, we we look much better than we sound, right? Well, I'm not sure that's entirely <laughs> true. <but laughs> they'll find out soon. All right, <laughs> all right. take it, man. All right. Thanks for listening to think jargon if you like this episode share it with a friend or post a review at itunes your reviews help new listeners find our show have a sales question or a marketing problem that you'd like us to cover on a future episode contact the show at thinkjargon.com until next time make sure you make the world a better place and cut through the jargon